When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour, My Talkers, with Lori and Julia here on My Talk 107. Thanks for joining us here on this Wednesday. cracks me up every year when they do this the um the sexiest bald man um we, mike we, <laughs> i'm just looking mike i know i'm looking at you had your head uh, down and mike uh, is bald i know and i'm like you've got a good looking head there mike yeah you, you do <laughs> so the new york post does this every year they pay they get a team of cosmetic surgery specialists to do this very you know I don't know, not scientific, scientific. but the the hot baldies, basically. And who do we have? They well, this is we've got to talk about this um, because they also looked at the golden ratio factor, Twitter sentiment analysis, also net worth, height, and cranial luminance, Mm. which is how much. Your head shines. Shines. How reflective mm-hmm. is it? Oh, yeah. Is it? You're so. very shiny. You are right under well, a light. A, light. Yeah, there's a light oh, right yeah. here. So that's <laughs> you, cool. might, you might have the luminous intensity I, of our guy I'm who's number it. one. I'm seeing it. Who's got the lighting of a standard light bulb. It's so wow. good. So anyway, um, last year, Prince William won the prestigious and totally real title of Sexiest Bald Man wow, from a bunch right. of cosmetic surgery, even though off the top of our head... Mike is hotter than Prince William, Stanley Tucci, Jason. They, they, um, there's a lot of people. But Talked anyway. about one already this this more or earlier today. Christopher Maloney as well. Oh, that's right. He's a uh, guess who and 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 Joe Rogan made the list. Wow. Well, he's got a big square head. He's got he's a got, lot of money. He's got a lot <laughs> yeah. of balls. The net worth brings that one yeah. up a little yeah. bit. Um, okay, so number ten was Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mr. Clean needs to sue. Number nine was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, I agree with that one 100%. But Joe Rogan beat Dwayne The Rock Johnson, wow. which that's wrong. Then that's Bruce wrong. Willis. Oh, Bruce. He's having a year, Lori. Come on. Jason Statham was six. Prince William was slipped down to number five. Harry's going to be on the list next year. Pitbull. Oh, Pitbull's great. Ball. Got it. Got it. Shamar yeah. Moore was number Beautiful. three. Stanley Tucci, number two. And number one. Vin Diesel. Ooh. Didn't I see that like one coming. Him. I didn't either. Yeah. I, apparently he went up because he's got money and he's got ex, uh, really quite high on the shininess of a bald guy's you, head. That gave him you, a okay, so cranial this is, luminance. Okay, so this is something to ask you. Okay, yeah. so you're a bald man. Yep. 
Um, do you use special products for your the top of your head? Like, mm-hmm. is there bald man lotions? Nope, nothing like that. I mean, I guess unless it is the summer situation, you're going to be out in the sun for a while, then yeah, lots of sunscreen because burning on top of your head is the one of the worst pains and I've ever experienced. did you shave off your sides or did yes, you just... completely okay. shaved everything. I, I started losing my hair when I was about 22 mm-hmm. and when I was 27, I'm like, okay, I'll just... Let, I'll do the rest of the work for Mother yeah, Nature. Yeah, right. Got rid of it. And yeah. then you have nice facial hair. Yeah. To, to it's weird. It grows it really well here. It's yeah. It's much here. Yeah, right. Do you have to shave often? Do you shave like once a month? Or? Oh, no. Uh, the head, we're talking every three days. Oh, really? Yeah, it grows back really quick. So I, it's kind of it's weird for me. I've, like This area here doesn't grow, but right. everything else does really quickly. Yeah. So then it's about every three days. Yeah, okay. otherwise you look like a little duckling. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want Yeah, like a little duckling. <laughs> a little duckling. Well, you're anyway. luminous. Well, yeah, you. you're very, your cranial luminance is like quite that. good. Um, yeah, Vin got a cranial luminance of 563.65 candelas per square meter. And I'm going like, what? That means his head reflects light with the in luminous intensity of a standard light bulb. Wow. So they're That's the, weird. Yeah, this but I'm just telling you this is a real thing. Well they must have No, this is a real wow, thing. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's a it's a podcast called It Happened in Hollywood. Okay. And um basically talking to like directors or casting agents about how something happened and this one caught my eye because it was um, the director, Susan Seidelman, who directed 1985's Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, loved it. And um, and it's, you know, it's set downtown in New York, the club scene, and Blood Madonna plays Susan, the scenester who's trailed by the mob after stealing a pair of valuable Egyptian earrings. Roseanne Arquette plays Roberta, the bored New Jersey housewife, looking for a thrill who follows her yep. after spotting her name in Boys and Girls of the Younger Generation. They were called personal ads. They were. They were. I used to look for one to see if anyone spotted me in my convertible, you know, and you had to meet me. I you, know it. I know you it. would. According to oh my god! According to Susan Seidelman, um, everyone was considered Kim Cattrall, Melanie Griffith, anybody who was like uh, in 1985 about 25 to 30 was considered for this role. And Rosanna Arquette at the time, she's a movie star, right? You know, she she's, was, right. she's been in things, but she kept hearing about this charismatic singer who lived in New York City named Madonna. Through downtown New York circles, and she told the podcast, listen, I wasn't afraid to work with a musician or someone who wasn't a trained actress. I just heard a lot of interesting buzz about her. She was playing at different clubs. This was the early days of MTV. There weren't that many videos yet, but she had one of the early ones. She was, I think it was Lucky Star, and I could see that the camera liked her. But, oh, dear. Um, the head of Orion Pictures, Mike Metavoy, he's like, we're not giving this good script to an unproven singer with such a significant part right. of the role. But Mike's teenage son watched MTV, thought Madonna was cute, and told his dad, she's really cute. You should give her a test. And so Metavoy was like, oh, that's what happened. And she brought Madonna in. And to do a screen test, and they went with a small crew to Union Square Park, and no one was paying any attention to what we were doing. I just remember there's one pedestrian that walked by and said, oh, look, there's Cindy Lauper. 
Oh, funny. Okay, funny. So, over the three-month shoot, Susan said Madonna went from a sporadically recognized curiosity to a full-fledged superstar. Our first shot is when she's walking down the street eating cheese doodles on St. Mark's Place. No one paid attention to us. It was very low-key. We didn't have security, nothing. By the end of the film... We needed security because she had skyrocketed. Her videos and everything. In and that music. period of time. Wow. And wow. it was great for the film marketing, but guess who had, you know, was bummed out? Roseanne Arquette. Because she was the star. And they got along fine, yeah. but she, you know, she was the star and it was going to be this unknown. And suddenly the movie was being called the Madonna picture. Right. And it was hard. And regarding... I remember desperately seeking Susan Madonna more than Roseanne. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then and regarding jacket and her look, um, it was a lot of Madonna's clothes. Mm-hmm. Like what we did for our movie, Julia, yes. that we have a yes. lot of costume clothes. She brought it to the set. I was working with the production designer, who's also the costume designer, Santo Laquasto. He was smart enough. He just went to her apartment and went through her closet and pulled some stuff. And among the clothes Madonna wears on screen are a pair of orange sweatpants with the initials MC for Madonna Ciccone. Those were her own right, pants. Right. And as for the pyramid jacket that sets the plot in motion, that was the costume designer's invention. Uh, originally, Madonna didn't like it, but it has become such a big part of her persona at oh, that time. big time, But yes. it was Madonna who dreamed up the most memor- some of the most memorable moments in the f- movie when Susan changes her clothes at the Port Authority mm-hmm. bus terminal. The script just said, dry your hair with a wall-mounted hand dryer. And it was Mon- Madonna's idea to dry her hairy armpits. Or, you know, yeah. I don't know if they're here, but that was her idea. Okay. I, I she don't was, remember that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. She said that was just a wonderful, cheeky right. thing. So there's just a little. That's really seeking, seeking Susan. Susan and Madonna was an unknown. Mm-hmm. And then Sydney Sweeney um, from Euphoria and White Lotus. She is going to star in the remake of Barbarella. Why? That's one where you just say why. That's a visual. Why? Well, it won't be, you know, did you guys ever see the no, original I Barbarella? Just, I heard it was terrible. No, okay. So it's 1968, Jane Fonda, right. Roger Vadim is directed. Remember, there's not special effects, and and uh, she's this female mercenary roaming the universe in the distant future, taking on various missions. And so that's the story. So, But it's a lot of cheesy effects and sexy outfits in the Roger Vadim who was Jane Fonda's husband at the time. So they'll update it and it'll be something yeah. different, but they have been literally trying to make a Barbarella because they just want to get somebody with great boobs and yep. sexy space and costumes. And that's what Cindy Sweeney, that's what she has. Yes. So, I mean, at one point, Rose McGowan was going to do it with Robert R- Rodriguez attached to it, but this... Uh, you don't think... It's in development. It doesn't have a director. It doesn't right. have a writer. And... Um, so, but it's a movie for Sony, and she signed some kind of a deal with Sony. Um, where you know she's getting like two or three pictures or she's something. She's a good like actress. That. Yeah, so she's amazing in Euphoria. Yeah, so we'll see okay. what happens with Barbarella and everyone's fantasy of space. You know, vixens. I, I just wonder if it's it's a big fantasy right now. Is yeah. it, Mike? Are you interested in space fiction? I didn't even really realize that. I'm existed, thinking about being that for Halloween. Damn it! Yeah. Now space, that we've talked about a it, space, space fiction, not a victim. Oh, yeah. 
A space vixen. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, we yeah, got A go. lot of people ask you what you are. Oh, yeah, just say you're a space vixen. Uh, if you're in doubt, just make up something. Duh. Duh, I'm a space vixen, obviously. I mean, slaves rage. All right. Get it together. We'll All right, right we'll be This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Holly, bring us the dirt, please. Hi, Lori and Julia. You got an extra $85 million on you? Gee, no. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) Not today, Mm -mm. but perhaps tomorrow. And if that's the case, you can purchase Cher's $85 million Malibu estate, which just hit the real estate market. We saw that. We've driven by that house because it's like really the first house as you drive into Malibu on the water side. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It sits on about 1.7 acres, opens with 40 palm trees, has a courtyard, a fountain, a tennis court. And good thing that uh, she put this on the market. I think strategically it was just featured in Architectural Digest. Really? But weeks ago. That's what they always, they either get divorced when they've been in Architectural Digest or they're selling it. <laughs> well, it is it is really worth a look. So uh, just Google share an Architectural Digest and you will be able to look at this home. She purchased it back in 1998, took five years to transform the home into her hideaway. It's 16,000 square feet. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I wonder why she's selling it. I wonder if she wants to be close to her mom and her mom lives maybe at her house in Beverly Hills. Yeah, it could very well be. Or it's perhaps just, you know, time to downsize a little bit. It is 16,000 square feet. I'm sure she has days of the week toilets. Right. (laughs) You know, one can only uh, go to the bathroom so much in so many different places. So there it is. uh, Shares home for sale. Jamie Foxx got turned away from Cardi B's 30th birthday party for having too many guests with him. I saw that. What do you think is too many? Six? (laughs) Thirty. Between six and 30. Um, Well, he only had about four or five other people with him in his entourage. All right. And apparently that was too many. Uh, Jamie walked away from the party and photographers asked why they rejected him. And he just didn't say anything. But sources at TMZ are saying that it was because he had too many people. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a section available for him. Right. That looked like the, Lori nailed it. The men were dressed in sweats and the women were dressed as burlesque dancers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cardi B had on a head feather head thing that was unbelievable. Yeah, she was dressed to the nines. Jamie Foxx literally just wearing a Nike sweatsuit Mm -hmm. that he probably just bought online. Oh, my gosh. What a fun. What a fun party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he didn't get to go. Well, that's too bad. Um, uh, Let's move on to Brad Pitt this afternoon. His plan B entertainment is looking for a buyer. Yes. Yeah, so what say you? What's the Hollywood speak on this? Well, I think Brad is in quite a bit of trouble with his mirror valve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the 
we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All uh, uh, liquor business, all the money he's put into the recording studio, but yet he did just buy some $50 million house up in Northern California, like the most expensive house. But he's paying a lot of PR, P, P, yeah. P, PR he's got a lawyer lot people to, um, you know, lift him up while making Angelina look like the worst person in the world. Uh, yeah. So Plan B Entertainment looking for a buyer. So the history of Plan B, in case, uh, just to inform you. So it was uh, in 2001, it was Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's production company. Right. And then Brad Pitt took over when they broke up in 2005. Now, here are some of the movies that Plan B has produced. The Departed, The Big Short, World War Z, 12 Years a Slave, Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk, Minari. Uh, it's also done the limited series. Series over on Amazon Prime, The Underground Railroad, and Feud, Betty and Joan. I mean, it's, it's so a lot much of prestige television. Right, and he started of... this with Brad Gray and his wife, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, the Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt no longer to get together, and Brad Gray is no longer in this dimension. Right, and he bought Jennifer out of that. Yeah. Now, uh, Plan B still has a first look deal for television with Amazon Studios and also has a deal for distribution with MGM Studios, which was just purchased by Amazon. So clearly it's still in business. Wouldn't be surprised if somebody snatched this up fairly quickly. Right. Yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, Angela Lansbury is going to make her final movie appearance in Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Oh, I'm so glad. Did you guys watch the first Knives Out? Loved. Yes, loved. loved. And what do you think about the sequel? Do you think it's going to be just yes, as good? Yes, I loved it. I thought that was such a fun, fun mm-hmm. movie. Wonderful. Well, she has a brief cameo in this movie that's a nod to uh, her Murder, She Wrote character, Jessica Fletcher. So, you know, of course, this is a detective story starring Daniel Craig. So a little wink and a nod there that she's going to be mm-hmm. showing up in this. So that is lovely. Uh, Somebody who's going to be leaving television, Blake Shelton. He's going to exit The Voice with season 23. Yeah. I can see it. I could see it. I could see getting bored of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, You know, he's the only judge uh, who has appeared in every season of The Voice. And they announced today uh, that the show has been renewed for season 23 in the spring. uh, And this is going to be uh, Blake Shelton's last. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see it's it. Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, King Charles. I have to get used to this. Yes, King, I know. Yes. King Charles III uh, displays a photo from Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding at a palace meeting. So doing the diplomat, the photographer, you know, celebrities carry around books when they want to send messages to the press. King Charles has a photograph in his office. He met with the prime minister of the UK uh, for their first of their regular weekly audiences. And one of the photos was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so we don't really know exactly uh, what the details are of their relationship at this point. But, you know, we can imagine a little off and on there. Right. Um, let's see. Let's go to Lisa Renner. Or not, not Lisa, Lisa Renner. 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 Yes, yep. she was. Uh, she is slammed by uh, the Cancer Institute over comments during the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finale. 
Well, that's not the, yeah, the finale, because she said, if I don't get this out and talk about Kathy Hilton and her treatment of me in Aspen, I'll get sick with cancer and die. Yes. Mm-hmm. She dramatically said. <laughs> yes, she dramatically said. This was during the finale of season 12. Now, the American Institute for Cancer Research is slamming Lisa Rinna and saying that she used, quote, the specter of cancer as emotional blackmail to justify airing her grievances. Well, she did. And mm-hmm. I, you, you know you're in big trouble when that, the American Cancer Society has to set you straight. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe you've stepped in it just a little bit. So there's Lisa Rinna this afternoon. Giving you a health update on Brandy this afternoon. Yes. TMZ reported earlier today that Brandy was rushed to an L.A. hospital yesterday after reportedly suffering from a seizure. Now Brandy has a message for fans. She addressed her followers in her Instagram stories, what as one it? does this afternoon. She said to my beloved fam, friends, and stars, thank you for sending love and light my way. She said, I'm following doctor's orders and getting the rest I need due to dehydration and low amounts of nutrition. Oh. Thank you for your prayers and support. Grateful for you all. See you soon. So Brandy is not directly addressing TMZ's report that she suffered from a seizure. She's kind of doing the classic catch-all from back in 2005 when, you know, you're just saying dehydration, food issues, mm-hmm. etc. So clearly she doesn't want to talk about it, All but right. she's talking about it. Yeah, yeah, she's talking about it. Yeah. Well, just doing it in a way that it's like, hey, I, I need to get ahead of this story, so I'm going to say something. So, you know. We wish her the best and hope that she is uh, hope that she is healthy. You know, we're going to move over to the legal news right now. Alex Jones has been ordered to pay nine hundred sixty five million dollars this afternoon. Yep. He played around. He played around and found out that lying about people's most horrible, horrible moment in their life and saying their kids hadn't been killed at Sandy Hook is going to. I hope it bankrupts him. It doesn't have it's the most evil thing ever. It is. I'm glad the jury. It's the largest. isn't it the largest payout ever, I think? Well, uh, I can't necessarily speak to that. But this is the second ruling. So this came from a jury in Connecticut deciding today that Alex Jones is ordered to pay almost a billion dollars to those who suffered from his false claims that the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting was a hoax. And a Texas jury in August awarded nearly $50 million to parents of another child. So there have been civil lawsuits for years covering this since because Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex Jones over on his Infowars was promoting the lie that Sandy Hook never happened and the families in uh, the news coverage were actors hired as part of a plot to take away people's guns. And was fundraising on that and selling things uh, off of that. He made a lot of money. He was making like $800,000 a day. It's just the most ridiculous concept you've ever, I don't think anyone can believe that. Yeah. So that he's stuck with it for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's stuck with that life for a very long time. Yeah. So, you know, and he was kind of doubling down on InfoWars today. So mm-hmm. we will leave that at that. And Giselle Bunchen comments about uh, people being inconsistent in relationships amid Tom Brady drama. So we're right? getting a lot of vague booking from these two. Well, she's so done with him. And he said on his podcast that he's just realizing he's got responsibilities i mean he's 45 <laughs> lord mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah oh, he's yeah. only been begging him for how long oh my gosh well that's the dirt the same thank, thank you, you. you're welcome 
and then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. Okay, so it was 50 years ago. It was a dark and stormy night. It was. <laughs> Tomorrow, Friday the 13th, yeah. when the um, Uruguay, Uruguay, say the word, Uruguay. Someone Uruguay, from Uruguayan? Uruguayan rugby team and some family members were on a flight in the Andes. Oh, alive. Alive. It was 50 years ago. It tomorrow was? that they crashed wow. in the Andes. So what this was is it was a plane crash. There were 45 people on the plane when it crashed. They were going to a rugby match. Um, and it was an amateur rugby team. And some of their family members were along to a match in Chile. None of them were dressed for cold. It was supposed to be just a quick flight. Right. Go there, come back, no big deal. But that night, they crashed in sub-zero temperatures in the Andes. And immediately <clears throat> that night, um, they were in an Andrean glacier without food, without shelter. So many people died the first night in the crash, including the pilot. And they squeezed into the fuselage to stay warm that night because, again, their rugby players are in their shorts and everything and have nothing and really mm-hmm. limited, limited supplies. They were at an altitude of 3,500 meters high. I mean, that's that's high. Like 13, 14,000 yes. It was minus like 30 degrees Celsius, oh which would be like, I'm thinking zero, 22 Fahrenheit at an altitude of 3,500 meters, which is probably like 1,500 feet. I don't know. But they were not dressed for it. And two of the guys who actually, at the end of their quest, made it out. Um, they hiked forever, but everyone started dying right away. And they had this to make some decisions. It's a book and a movie. It's a book and a movie. The book came out in 1973, Alive. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was in 1993, and it starred um, Ethan Hawke. That's right. Yes. And so, in the movie is 100% true. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. But so they did they, only two people survive. No, fourteen. Oh, no, fourteen. Okay. Sixteen people made it out. Two of them, after they were in there, they were in this cold weather with nothing, um, no food for like three months or something. Two months, nine days. Wow. On average, the sixteen survivors lost sixty-three pounds apiece, mm. and they said it was so cold they had no words for it. On day 10, the survivors heard on the plane radio that was still functioning that the search for them had been cut off. Um, It was one of the most painful things they ever said, that the world was going to go on without us and no one was going to come look for us anymore. And that was when the survivors decided this is what we needed to take matters into our own hands because they kept thinking they're going to get rescued. Of course, the people know we went down. We're going to get rescued. Right. And they and did, the, did it crash like in 72 or? It was 72. 72, okay. And so um, they had to broach the topic of eating human flesh. Yeah. And because the bodies um, were frozen, it was something that was doable. So that's how they stayed alive. Cannibalism. Um, Cannibalism, like oh, they said, shades they, of the Donner Party. I and Yellow Jackets. You know, most recently on Showtime, their plane crash. They didn't do that though, did they? In Yellow Jackets, we don't see that. We don't see that, mm-hmm. but we, they might 
We don't know. We don't but know. But they, this gentleman said, we we ate leather. We tried to eat cigarettes. We tried to eat toothpaste. We were dying. When you have no choice to die, the only thing you have to do is what we did in order to stay alive. Mm-hmm. On day 16, disaster struck again. An avalanche hit them, and it buried the mangled fuselage. And that was the only shelter that they had. Eight more were killed leaving only 19 of the original 32 crash survivors alive. Oh. Three more would die in the coming days. And they said the avalanche was as, as, as if God was stabbing us in the back. Two of the survivors, um, they made they made things out of plain debris, bonnets, mittens, snowshoes, quilts, dark glasses against the snow blindness. Mm-hmm. blindness. And in a last-ditch effort... What a- what a survival story, my Robert gosh. Robert Cassania and Fernando Pardo walked for 10 days into the unknown, hostile terrain, guided by nothing but instinct. Finally, they came upon a river and spotted a man on horseback on the other side of the river, but they couldn't get the guy's attention over the noise of the river. So they had a piece of paper, and they wrapped it around a stone and threw it at the guys on the other side of the river, and on the piece of paper... It had the words, I come from a plane that fell from the mountains, fell in the mountains. The next day, the helicopters came to them there. And then they got to the other people, but it took a lot of time to get them out. The place where they crashed was stormbound and completely rocky. Um, The families of Mr. Kassanon and Mr. Pardo found out they were safe first because they were where the helicopter could land. Um, the area, they kept going back, trying to get back to the other survivors, but because of wind and because of where they are, it took a lot of time. Oh, my God. Today, the 16 survivors, 15 of the 16 are still alive. Wow. They meet every well, year. Well, I guess they were all like, they, they were, were all young. like in their teens. No, they were late, late teens. teens. Yeah, okay. Um, they were, um, they meet every year on December 22nd, which was the anniversary of their rescue. Um. The first reunion was 18 people, 16 survivors, and two of their girlfriends. Now their gathers 150 strong with wives and children mm-hmm. and all that. Um, they basically just it said... It would have been the defining thing in their life, I mean, to survive that against all odds. And Good they Lord. Went, unbelievable, Lori. The, they just... It's an unbelievable story. I remember reading the book. Alive. I remember seeing the movie. Yeah. And I mean, no, remember because I... first we heard about cannibalism. Well, if you it's not if you'd heard about the Donner Party, if you'd been in your restaurant, you had already heard right. about cannibalism. Okay, but I, I Mike and I had you guys had <laughs> yeah we had where if Western stuff you know the Donner Party going out west. I don't even know that. Oh, Joy, I you don't know that. I don't know just that. Didn't read all the know. books that Mike and I did. <laughs> However, we learned about I the Donner Party. I guess I feel I like guess. it was in movies too. Reference. They were twelve hundred feet high. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, that happened 50 years ago. Jeez. And you can watch Alive, which they said is 100% true. Yeah. And um, and as I recall, the movie was good and very intense in 84, showing. 84% of the people liked it. Yeah. Um, and it's Pierce Paul Reeds wrote the book. He actually wrote it in 74 after mm-hmm. he interviewed the people. Mm-hmm. And everyone wanted it to be... They just said it was just an under, unbelievable quest in hope and in faith and trying to figure out how to get out of there because they, they stopped looking. Did they? Was it a year? No, it was. It was N- nine months or how long was it? Two before? months and nine days. It they were there. Okay, before they were rescued. 
So they went in on October 13th, and mm-hmm. December 22nd is when they got rescued. But again, no food, no, no supplies, shelter. short flight, yeah, up high, freezing. Freezing, yeah, of course. So... Oh, be, you can watch it on Disney Plus, which we don't have. I want to. I think I might still have that book alive, and it's not to be confused with and, Into Thin Air. No, but it's a thick. book. It is a thick book because it, it was like you said. The guy, you know, spoke with everybody and researched. Yes. He's a reporter, and but it reads like. You know. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. No fiction. You can't even believe what you're reading. You know, and in like a situation like that, you could see how you just be like, I give up. Oh, come on. It's no kidding. And... And one of them says that he was so scared when the first night when they crashed and it was overnight and he's in the fuselage and everyone's crying around him and the man next to him doesn't have a face, doesn't have anything going, but he's still somehow crying and stuff. And he said, I just didn't even have it in me, the courage to reach out and touch his hand Mm because I didn't know where it was and it was so scary and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, that was, I remember the book, the movie. Yeah. The book. I'm sure you have it, Lori. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I feel like it was like some 500-pager. I'm going to tell you exactly how many pages it was. It was like it was a big, thick it, book. I'm sure it was a big, thick one. Because I went through this whole thing about reading all these true... Well, you know, don't get me wrong. I was reading my Sydney Sheldon. And, right. You know, Jacqueline, Suzanne, and all my, you know, kind of what I considered my smutty books where I was learning about sex. But I really did love these epics. And everyone loved it, too. Yeah. I mean, their story is the most astonishing true adventure story of survival in the 20th century, yeah. they say. so. Yeah, it really... It was 318 pages, so probably in 1974, you know, when like you're it. two, no. it probably felt like a lot of pages. <laughs> I know, I was one. Yeah, right. And so, but I mean, and this is something about us, Mike, we have always been... You know, we like our survival stories. We like anything yeah, really about do. Everest. We loved Into Thin Air more. Than, did you read that, Mike? I did not, no. Okay, no, that's a book. Okay. Yeah. Into Thin Air is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know this story. Oh, I know the story, yes. Just haven't yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah. It was, was it Into Thin Air? Did it ever become a movie or not? I don't, I don't think it did. I don't did think it, it did. Should. Discovery did one the, of the first documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember we were all obsessed with it at yeah. home and we yeah. just couldn't believe that. And people... John Krakauer wrote under the ma- banner, banner of heaven, which is the true crime story of what happened with this uh, Mormon Mormons. community yep. and um, some murders. And what's his name? Andrew Garfield plays the guy. That took a long time because that happened in the 80s. But that's based on a John Krakauer. 
He's written. He's a reporter, and he makes he writes stories that really happen, and they read like fiction. But yeah, Into the Wild, he wrote, mm-hmm. which was made into a movie. Yeah, Van Ham, Missoula. Mm-hmm. That was it. that was the thing about the college campus in Montana. That yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, listen, we got to go, Julie. That's excellent. Uh, All right, there you go. And um, we'll be right back. I've gone down a John Krakauer rabbit hole. Oh, no, don't do it. No, but if people want to read a good book, Into Thin Air, that was just such a good book. Yeah, great, great book. Mm-hmm. And if people want to uh, see a great trailer for a scary movie that hopefully Vanessa will sell or you'll be able to go to see at the Twin Cities Film Festival, Sins of the Father, a scary uh, feature-length uh, movie that our director for our project Down in Dirty Film directed and it's debuting at the film festival. It looks really good. So we posted the trailer. The first showing sold out. Yeah, and it was so, the first show. It was the first movie of the film fest to sell out. By And it's by a local woman. I mean, she's yeah. so good. It, it's really scary. And then if you haven't seen our movie yet, Mike, have you seen any of the movies? Oh, absolutely. I was there opening night. So. Oh, well, yes, that's, that's right. right. Yes. I, it was such a whirlwind oh, sure. whirlwind yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Um Mike, seriously, oh, what did yeah. you think of it? It was fantastic. All, I mean, it was incredible. You guys, it was just awesome how each show had such a unique, uh, they, they kind of just didn't owe to their own show and their yeah. own characters and everything and just kind of were true to themselves. And you guys were a perfect example of that. It was so, so much fun. And to see you guys jump in, I loved the Grant. I'm feeling it for Grant. The like the, the straight man Grant side of things oh, where yeah. he's just sitting back like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah, they're too, they're they're okay. Just yeah, those little okay. moments like that was just incredible. But yes, it was it was yeah. really really fun. It, it really it really is. So you you can um, we have a final sale ticket yes. option, and um, so you it ends tomorrow night at eleven o'clock. So if you haven't had it uh, had a chance um, to see the movie, they're really good. So it's a ticket button back up on the page with the thank you amount linked. Right there in the carousel, and you just press that, and yes. you'll be able to see that. I don't think my dad has watched it yet. My mom finally did. My our mom watched our it. Our mom did, it. but yeah. that's it. That's it. No sisters, no oh, brothers. No. They're not taking they the don't time. Care. Not, don't... No nieces, no nothing. Yeah, my sister's like, well, you're funny for free around me. And I'm like, you're <laughs> missing the point. We were we really made funny. a really funny movie. We were really funny there. And we, then uh, if you want to see Kelly Clarkson and Sam Smith duetting on Kelly Oki, which we've never seen her really. She did Trisha Yearwood. We love that did one. Brooks once. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we want some duet. We want a duet album and cover album from oh, Kelly. Oh, no kidding. Anyway, that's posted. That's required viewing today. And um, what the hell else did we post? Oh, the SNL TZ Megan trade. Megan Thee Stallion, yep. Yeah, yeah Megan Thee Stallion. Kind of. It's a, funny. Listen, it's a big night tonight. On TV. The Wild season opener. No. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm just telling you what's going to go on at my house. Okay, okay. One Wild, one Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. There's a couple different things going on, but that's going to be amazing. I'm going out for burgers at Grand on 7. Well, that sounds fun. I know. I love it. That is a good tavern. And... um, Glad I wasn't going there last night because it would have been packed, packed, packed for Lizzo. It would have been packed. Although I was down there Friday night for uh, Chris Stapleton, and it was busier than hell down there. I mean, you know, you know, been, it's been busy. Yeah, there's, there's a, lot a lot going on, fun. and also on late night, Kyle um, from Real Housewife is going to be Kyle Jenner with Chloe Grace Moretz is going to be on Watch What Happens Live. Now, why are the, why is he giving Kyle the the spot? 
Because he feels bad for her because she cried the most. You think so? I think so. Okay. I think she cried the most, and um, that's why. Okay. She who cries the most sometimes any gets... any other good light you know well, george george and um julia roberts clooney and julia roberts will be on tomorrow night on um i think kimmel yeah i guess um tonight jessica chastain's on jimmy kimmel who is she and she's, in, she's in that terrible movie amsterdam that um some people in hollywood said revoke david o russell's director uh, thing for just a minute i thought well when you lose a hundred million dollars on a movie he's oh. gonna not get such a big budget approved next time. Oh my gosh, no, because it, it, there's so much talent in that, but there's no plot, apparently. It just apparently. goes everywhere. Apparently. Yeah. You know, when Adele did her special and you were so in love with her before she canceled her Las Vegas thing when she did her at Griffith Park Observatory? Oh. Mm-hmm. The special couple that got engaged there, they just got married. Oh, good. Uh huh. Quentin Brunson and Ashley Mann just got married. Oh, lovely. And she walked down the aisle to make you feel my love. So I thought that was kind oh, of Oh, and Lizzo announced uh, she's having a documentary that's going to be on um, HBO in December, I think. She is on The fire. 24th of November, actually. Oh, the right? November. Yep. Isn't the that cool? Yeah, HBO Max yep. and HBO. So, yeah, she announced that, and she was very excited yesterday about her Vanity Fair cover. And the in, she posted photos and the inside, I mean, there's one where she's kind of dressed in like, like, like Ursula. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 in yeah. A dress like that. I mean, she just looks fierce and amazing. But she retweeted, I swear, like so many random people that were sending her love over that. Mm-hmm. That when you looked on her Twitter feed, it was just a continuous. She was just, well, you know, you should waiting around for the show to start. Oh, yeah. You know, you're looking at your phone. You're looking at your, at your phone, phone yes, and you have to love and getting ready to get out there and dazzle 16,000 women. Well, it might have been, I don't know, what do you think, 10% of guys were at that show? Maybe at, 20? At the most. Yeah. Yeah, at the most. Heavily female. I know. And we are doing our very first LoJ Book Club Live at the Book Club restaurant in South Minneapolis on Tuesday, October 25th. And 27th. our special. 27th. Let's see who's the twenty fifth. Shoot, all right. I wrote it down, Lord. Oh, you did. Okay, I could have sworn it was the twenty seventh. No, I wrote it down. It's the twenty fifth. It's a Tuesday, Tuesday night. You don't. It doesn't cost anything, but you need to RSVP. So, um, you can go. We to, need a head count, people. We need a head count. So yesterday we posted on our show links the link to click or go to book club. I think there's going to be more people that want to go than there are going to be seats available. Well, they need. People need to RSVP. It'd be yeah. great. But it's free, and Lorna Landvik is our special guest, mm-hmm. and she's got a new book coming out, and she's hysterical. Oh, she really so is. So it's going to be a fun night. So that's Vatty, and it's a fun And we've race. never done anything no. like this. We are, it's our for, we put all this um, effort into the book club, but we've never really done like anything, you know, book club-ish, other than what we do on, on our the show, air. which right. we feel is, you know. A lot. A lot, but still, We read a lot of books. We do. Mike, do you like to read? I need to get better at it. No, I oh. I, I fall asleep when I start reading. Well, that's, that's one okay. of my biggest issues. So Not for everybody. Listen to a lot of books, though. Listen to mm-hmm. a lot of books, and yeah, good way to get them. Yes, that is. All right, well, thank you for <laughs> filling in today. We'll all be back tomorrow. Have a good night. Job done. Off you go. 
For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 